You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the jungle the amazon to my rainforest what you got for me isaac harris oh my gosh i'm back um man it's fun to be back you learn i learned a lot just being gone because i missed what one i missed like five or six games and when i say this went on a tear while you were gone like what the heck happened man like I'm super excited about it, and I'm going to rant about this later on this pod about wishy-washy fans Ooh. and winning, Ooh. winning and tanking. But no, it was fun. Uh, it was fun. My wife had not seen her grandparents in ten years, and it was one of those classic moments. Uh, I have a cool picture of her embracing her her grandma, and she's like crying, and it's like tears everywhere, and uh, it, it was a cool moment. Cause they literally live like outside, right outside the jungle. So did a lot of cool things, and I had this is, like this is not like a jungle gyms. This is like an actual, real like rainforest jungle. No, yeah, like legit rainforest jungle. We took a a tour to where we like we took a hike through the jungle, and uh, I got to hold like a sloth and Bogut. Uh, <laughs> my boy Bogut. Um, <laughs> And this little boy had a python and it's like wrapped around him. And he's like, hey, you want to hold? I'm like, heck no, I don't want to hold that. Don't, no, I don't want to hold with... Durant. George <laughs> <That's> Carl. <me. laughs> uh, but no, that, that was the same tour. To where, so they took us on an hour and a half boat ride into the jungle. And they're like, one of the stops is we're going to stop by an Indian village. And so we roll up on the beach of this, of this village. We walk in the village. And all the women are topless. <laughs> and I like look at my wife and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and they did this like tribal dance with us and everything. And at the end of it, the tour guide said, well, at the end of the tribal dance, they're going to go throughout the crowd and get people to dance with them. Guess who got selected? <laughs> so here's this topless woman rolling up to me reaching out her arm saying like for me to grab her arm and to go dance and my mother-in-law and barb my wife they're just cracking up i'm like this is gonna be the only time ever my wife's like super excited for me to dance with the topless woman I'm like, this is the weirdest thing ever oh uh, but that, i said that was the uh the lewd photo that i referenced on the the podcast the solo pod that i did that that was the photo that I got from Isaac. Oh man, so yeah, it was him and his uh, dance partner. <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun uh, trip because after that, we didn't do any tours or tourist things. We just literally chilled at her grandparents' house, and I laid in a hammock like all week 
and I had I went like a day, like two days without Wi-Fi, and then it would come back, and I would check scores. I'd check a Mavs score, and then it was like, but it was good. It's good taking a break. It's good. I don't know, seeing a different lifestyle that they have a lot less than what we have in America, but it seems like they're so much more happier and they just love life. And it's just like, it's like a humbling thing of, man, I get so frustrated about the, the small things in my life whenever the I don't. temperature in my apartment. <laughs> the temperature in my apartment or like, oh crap, Chick-fil-A's closed on Sunday. On Sundays. <laughs> and, and they're over there just loving life. So, but it's fun. It's good to be back. And I can't wait to get back covering the Mavs. Yes, yes. Well, Isaac, we're glad to have you back. And you missed a four-game stretch for the for the record books. I hate that we are so excited about this four-game stretch where they won three out of four, and then the fourth game that they did not win was a overtime game against the NBA's best team, the Boston Celtics. I think that's the game I'm the most mad that I missed. That was, was a great that, game, especially since ball. it was home. Yeah, and Kyrie had love watching Kyrie play. Gosh, Kyrie, Kyrie was crazy. Just talking to the guys about Kyrie afterwards, they were like, I just don't know. That dude has dribbled so much in his life. <laughs> just so many dribbles. That's what Yogi told me. He's just like, he has dribbled so much. <laughs> and he's good at it, unlike Wesley Matthews. Do you know who's third on the Mavericks in assists right now? Please don't say Wes. It's Wes. <laughs> wow. It goes Berea, then Dennis, then Wes. So for all the Wes Matthews hate that we've been given out, <laughs> uh, there's also something redeeming about. Well, actually, I won't say that. Yeah, Wes is Wes is uh, is third in assists. So these games, Isaac, what are you coming? What are you coming with? What questions do you have about this win streak that maybe the fans would have? What are you looking at and saying? I don't understand why this happened. Um. The Thunder one was intriguing to me. I didn't get to see any of the game. Um, just how much we just manhandled them. And I think as a as a, a person, I haven't got the – I just – I literally took a red eye from Brazil to Dallas today and uh, got back around lunchtime today. So I haven't got to see any of the past games that I missed. But just, just seeing the score and the stuff from the Thunder game, like, man, how did we – how did we beat them so bad? And like, we were they just not like clicking, or and did they did we match up Stephen Adams with Dirk? I'm assuming no. They they started the game maxing or ma- matching up Maxi with with Stephen Adams, and I talked. Oh, to they him. put him on Roberson, Dirk. They put Dirk on Roberson. Yes. That's exactly what they did. They threw him out there, and Roberson was basically a non-factor. He only took two shots and missed them both. And they started Maxi on on Stephen Adams, and I went to Maxi after the game, and I was like, "Is Stephen Adams like just the strongest thing you've ever like encountered?" And he goes, "He just gave me this look, like this these huge eyes," and he was like, "Man, that dude." He could throw anybody around, <laughs> just anybody. That's what he told me. And gosh, so yeah, so they they started Maxi on him. And this lineup, this starting lineup of with Maxi as the fourth guy, has been really really good. Maxi season is here, baby. I I mean, if you guys have listened to this podcast, you know I, I was a big Maxi Cleaver guy, Cleaver guy coming into the season. And even as the season started going on, I'm like, man, this guy, you know, he's an NBA player. Like he's gonna stick. And I did not expect him to be thrust into the starting lineup so fast and to be the – it's now the most used starting lineup, I think, with, with these five, with 
Dennis, Wes, Barnes, Maxi, and then Dirk. Dang. I have so I have a tweet. And since it's a tweet, it's it's public so we can talk about it. Okay. It's from a Mavericks coach. Okay. Who responded to a tweet I was in. And you read between the lines on what he is saying in this. This is Melvin Hunt. Shout out, right. shout out Melly. Shout out Melly. Melly's an awesome dude. Yeah. I did a story with him last year. Hopefully he'll be a guest on the pod later go. on. But anyway, a fan writes me on Twitter and says, I know this sounds ridiculous, but Dwight Powell's play has actually improved slightly over the season. Less stupid crap, including threes attempted. To be honest, earning some minutes. I don't know why TF Maxi is out there, though. LOL. Play Noel, Isaac Harris, agree, question mark. Melvin Hunt replies. Was he added? Was he? No. He didn't get added at all in this. He he just came out of nowhere. He was just searching. He was just defending Dwight Powell. He was just the. No, he's defending Maxi. He was the Durant burner account for Maxi. He's just going and searching (laughs) his name all over Twitter. And it's just like, I'm just going to defend Maxi all day today. So because the guy says hashtag play Noel. And he says, Isaac Harris agrees. Maybe he was searching Plano <laughs> the hashtag. Melvin Hunt replies, Maxi, colon, plays hard without a hidden agenda. Oh! Defends. No, he did not. <laughs> defends, in parentheses, ask Gasol. Teammates, coaches, trust him. Oh, my gosh. Melvin boy, you put that on Twitter. So, I didn't do anything with it. I just, I saved it. I screenshot it, and I saved it for us on the pod. I'm going to say, I don't even see it. I'm looking at his tweets and replies right now. I didn't, I didn't quote tweet it. I didn't retweet it. But I'll send you the screenshot. Wow. That is, that's something. So, read between the lines however you want to put that. Yeah, it is. I just found it. He's got a, he's got a, uh. He has a, a hidden account. Well, not a hidden account. What's it called? A protected account where it's locked. It's got that yeah. lock in there. Interesting. Maxi plays hard without hidden agenda. Defends. Ask Gasol. Interesting. Gasol did have a really tough night when they played in Memphis. So, anyway. Um, so, the, the rest of this Thunder game, basically, Paul George was just – in another universe. Like, I don't even remember one single play that that Paul George had that I was like, oh man, that was like a really good Paul George play. He had 10 assists, but he was one of 12 from the field. <laughs> Gosh. Dang. He way off. They just didn't seem like they were getting anything. Carmelo had, Carmelo had a run where he started getting hot and everybody was like, oh, here we go. Carmelo's getting hot and you know, the team's going to start going. But this is, they're still trying to figure it out. And I think a team that's led by Westbrook is, it's just really tough for them to, it's just really tough for them to play team basketball if he's if he's your guy that's just going to be you know ha- that has the ball all the all the all the all the time. Yeah, I mean that was the argument made last year is that you know, I think Bill Simmons was really hammering that home last year. Like I, he doesn't make his teammates better. Yeah, of, of and, one of the reasons why Durant left. Yeah, and I think I think that's an adjustment for him. And I mean, listen, they got talent and. Just get them into the playoffs, like they can, whatever it is. So it is still surprising. Um, I want to try to make a rule, 
and it's probably a rule that can't stick. But you can't be in favor of tanking and still cheer for wins. It, completely. You can't be happy. You're not allowed. No. We're going to put a Twitter law on it. You can't be tweeting out, oh, MFFL, so excited, go Mavs. And then, like, two days ago, you were like, man, tank the season. Because that Harrison Barnes buzzer beater against Memphis, two days before that was the Boston game. And Barnes misses, you know, a clutch shot at the end. Everybody, why is Barnes taking a shot? Why isn't Dirk taking it? Who decides if Barnes wants to take this shot now? All this stuff. Tank, yeah, I'm so happy we lost. Then Barnes hits the buzzer beater. All the fans come out of the closets and... Oh my gosh, I'm so happy and yay, go Harrison Barnes, woo woo. I'm like, oh come on, people, you, you pick, you gotta pick what side you want. You can't just ride the fence because that stuff, that stuff kills me, man. I think you can be happy on both sides, though. I feel like you can be like, all right, good, you know, we're okay with the losses because we know that there's something better. But, but then you can't be like wanting them to lose and then and then cheering for them when they win you know like there's there's that extreme i think you can be satisfied with both results but i don't think you can be cheering for both results i think it's just a cop out as a fan as a fan saying going going into every game saying haha i don't even have to root for anything in this game because no matter the outcome i'm going to be happy no bro don't work that way it's not part of how fandom works i think it works that way when your team is this bad the wins are coming are very few and far between right now. I think you can be excited about the good wins because at the end of the day, we're just all excited about watching good basketball. And these wins have been good yeah. basketball. We, we've actually seen some some really good basketball. Aside from the Thunder, we've actually seen some good basketball played by you know Kyrie and by you know against Memphis. And we've seen we've seen some really good wins. So I think you can be excited about the wins, but then you can't be like we should tank, we should tank all season, and then still be excited about wins. I don't know. There's there's a there's a two facedness. There's a two facet. There's two two facets of a fan. I don't think you can ride both sides, like you said. But yeah, yeah. So there you go. Another thing about that that Thunder game, uh, they don't play Patrick Patterson at like barely at all. He played 13 minutes in this game, and just the minutes that he played were, were odd. It felt like Stephen Adams was out there all the time, even though he really wasn't. But I just don't. I'm not sure they're using Patrick Patterson the right way. He needs to be their backup five. Yeah, I think he's kind of slow. I mean, I've never been all aboard the Patrick Patterson hype train, and people were just dying over that signing over the summer. And it was a good signing. It was, it was good. a good, it was a good cheap signing. But I didn't think it was a, hey, propel the Thunder, you know, to championship status signing like some. And well, no, that you, was when they they traded for Melo and Paul George. But then you you add guys like a Patrick Patterson, and that is a role player that they. I mean, the rest of the, you look at the rest of the bench, and it is it's pretty sad i mean you have raymond felton who got a nice nice uh quiet ovation coming back to the aac but he was greeted with he was greeted by by wes by Devin, by jj and then i think also by harrison barnes for some reason after the game so that was cool but so they got they got him on their bench they got terrence ferguson who i swear sean heath in the middle you tweeted this out and i'm like what the heck in the middle of the game i swear sean heath called terrence ferguson turd ferguson I swear, if you've ever seen the old SNL sketch with uh, Celebrity Jeopardy where uh, Norm MacDonald is dressing up as Burt Reynolds and he says, ah, look at, 
Look, that's not my name. And he points to the podium and says, Turd Ferguson. But I swear he said that. And then he tweeted back and said that he never said that. He didn't, didn't want to be in trouble. <laughs> didn't want to get in trouble, but I thought. Anyway, so they got him. Jeremy Grant, I think, has played really, really well for them this season. You know, a 3-4 combo guy. Sometimes they play him at 5 coming off the bench. Alex Abrinas has been a good shooter for them every once in a while. But for a team that was really going to struggle to put out a, you know good bench units, I thought Patrick Patterson was a really, really good signing for them. And they're just not really using him that much. Now, I don't know what's going on with him on the other side of the ball. I don't know. If, like you said, he does look actually – he does look slow to me. But you think a guy that's just a spot-up shooter that can defend positionally on the other end, I feel like they could really use that. But Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, their bench unit – I mean, Patterson, Jeremy Grant, and Ray Felton. I mean, that's not horrible. I mean, that's three guys that are – I mean, serviceable bench guys that are playing decent minutes. Um, but Especially when I you think, have Westbrook like Westbrook and Paul George that play 35, 40 minutes a night. You know, like those guys are taking yes, a ton of like time. like staggering them. I think Roberson's the killer, man. I mean, when when you have a guy like that, I mean, he's just completely ignored on offense. <laughs> you put Dirk on him. <laughs> I mean, I've I seen different things where they said Dirk was just leaving him wide open. He just was. Not even... <laughs> And then when he shoots free, th- I mean, like. So, so I'll take I'll take you on that, but then then I'll raise you a Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart's the exact same way. No, he's not. Marcus he is. Smart is is no no. I Mar- I sat there and watched him jack up. 11, Marcus Smart 11 is Ray, Ray Allen compared to Roberson. Oh, no, he is not, <laughs> dude. <laughs> You ask you ask around, ask the players about his reputation as a shooter, and you go back and watch that game and look how much the Mavericks are sagging off of him. I went back and watched a ton of that Boston game today, and they are just sagging off of him so much. All of his threes were basically wide open because they're just asking for it. And he hit that clutch three at the end of the, the Boston game, which really hurt the Mavericks. But you would take that because the dude is shooting 27% from the floor. Oh, you're, well, I mean, you're definitely going to play your percentages. I mean, I'm not saying he's great, but I'm saying if, if him and Roberson had a three-point contest, oh, I'm taking please, smart. Please, nine, please, can we have that? I would, I would love to see that. <laughs> we should have a reverse three-point contest on All-Star Weekend. <laughs> Just like we do the uh, big skills challenge, we should do. I nominate Dwight Powell. Stop it. Dwight Powell, okay. Since you've been, oh, since you've please, been, let's go. Since you've been gone, Dwight Powell has been very good. You Dwight Powell can breathe. He finally can breathe now that you've been gone. You left him and all of your all of your negativity in the locker room. He feels it. He feels that hate. He he and he doesn't he feeds off of it, but he feeds off of it in a way like when you eat too many gummy bears. Like he feeds off of it and it just weighs him down and it makes him lethargic and just creates just this bad vibe around him. And then all of a sudden you left and he just he's played really really well. Yeah, One of the really, reasons- really well. People, a lot of people tweeted at me, and I checked the box score, and he had ten points and five boards. I'm that's like, really, 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 that's really well. Fall for, out. That's really, really well for your third big. That's really, really well. But here's the thing: people were tweeting saying, "Is he worth his contract now, though?" Nine 10 million points and five boards for nine for- million. That's nine million is not a ton. That's like ten percent of your salary cap. Yeah, but somebody tweeted me and said, and I, it was probably Jack Britton. But, <laughs> shout out to Jack. Shout out to Jack. He tweeted and said, "Hey, is Dwight Powell earning his money now?" I'm like, oh, I've missed about five games, but I guarantee you, whatever he's done in five games, he 
He is not worth $9 million. <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you that. Yeah. I don't care. I know he's not putting up 40 points a game. Well, if he put up 40 points a game, he'd be the, the cheapest contract in NBA history. But <laughs> he, if he plays the way he's been playing the last couple of games, he's he, you know he, he will be worth that contract. You're, you're giving me eight points, seven boards, and then some just some really really good positional defense off the off the off the uh, the bench. I feel like that's really good. You want to yeah. know you want to know a reason why? There's two reasons why I think Dwight Powell has played well in, the, in these wins, and even in the loss against Boston. Besides that, I was gone. Besides that, Isaac was gone, and the juju was away from him. <laughs> what the, was the reason? The other reason he has taken two three point shots. Both of them were in the Milwaukee game when it was basically garbage. Wow, is he finally realizing he's not a stretch anything? He needs to be a role man. And I have a piece coming out on Mavs Moneyball. About Dwight Powell, please. Monday Monday morning about the Mavericks' best lineup. And I'm going to totally ruin it right now for the listeners that actually listen to us. The Mavericks' most effective lineup, Isaac Harris. Uh-oh, I'm ready for this. Has Dwight Powell in it. Okay? Crap, I'm not ready for it. It has Dirk in it. That's what I'm talking about. It has Yogi in it. It has Devin in it, and it has J.J. Barea in it. Hmm. The three guards, and then you have Dirk, and you have you have. How many Dwight minutes Powell. has that lineup logged? They played 44 minutes, which is a pretty good sample size for a lineup right now in the NBA season. There's probably about – there's 130-ish lineups, five-man units that have played 30 minutes or more this season. Hmm. This lineup – they play at the end of the first and the beginning of the second, and they play quarters, and then they play at the end of the third quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter. They've done that every single. They've done that most of these games that the Mavericks have been winning this last four game stretch. Carlisle found this lineup, and this lineup honestly should be the bench unit. This should be the the second unit. Dirk should be coming off the bench. Yogi should be coming off the bench. That, that's a really really good second unit to come in. And what they do for Dwight Powell, they cover up all his deficiencies because he doesn't need to be shooting threes because they have Dirk, they have Yogi, they have JJ and, you know, throw Devin in there as well. Those guys can all shoot threes. They don't need him to do that. They just need him to, to, to pack him in the paint. He gets the tip outs. He gets all, you know, the, the rebounds and he gets to be the role man because you have three point guards. Basically they can run pick and rolls and pick and pops. So you run the pick and pops with Dirk. You run the pick and rolls with, with Devin, everybody or with uh, Dwight, everybody falls into place and it works really well for him. He gets to do all the hustle stuff, all the loose balls. He gets to run in transition when they get, you know, steals. And it's just been really, really good for him. Hmm. So those are the two reasons. I'm, ha- I'm happy for him. You're not, though. <laughs> I'm happy for I, I I've said all along he's a super nice guy. I didn't, never thought he was that great. But so it, I actually felt like I, was, I felt like a, one of these analytical guys, these advanced stats guys that never get to watch the game, but they just look at box scores, you know. So, so I will I will please, give him that. Like I can't, like I, I just look at the I just look at the box score. I'm mean, like ten points, five boards, really, and people are tweeting at me about it. But it doesn't tell me all the hustle stuff and how good defense he's playing, and you know, all that stuff either. So go check out that article. It'll be on Mavs Moneyball Monday morning. So I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but Monday morning it'll be on Mavs Moneyball. It's about this lineup. It's got videos and all that all that good stuff in it. Good, good meaty content for your Monday morning. Meaty, meaty content. I can also say this. I love all you people out there that say Dirk is too old and can't play in the league. Are you subtweeting me right now on my own podcast? You don't. 
You never said he's too old and can't play in the league. Okay, I thought this was about our positional rankings again. Oh, no, no. No, (laughs) you see all the time. I mean, nobody that's listening to this podcast pretty much has said that. But we see it all the time on social media. Dirk should just retire. He's too old. Why is he still playing? Okay, he just put up 19 points on the Thunder. (laughs) And, you know, we won by like 16. So, please, tell me more about how Dirk can't play in the league anymore. Yeah, no, Dirk is definitely an NBA player, for sure, and one of the best currently at what he does. And that lineup is also really, really good for Dirk, too, because he they they uh, they play 94 possessions per 48 minutes, which is the slowest pace in the NBA by, like, a lot. <laughs> by, like, three percent, by, like, three whole possessions, which is a big margin. So they play really slow. They play half court. It really helps Dirk. And the starting lineup plays... Three, they they play basically ninety eight point possessions per forty eight. So like, Dirk just can't keep up with them. He's trailing all the time. Yeah. Other things we need to get to on this podcast today: Seth Curry is going to be out until sometime in early December. That was the thing that came out. Uh, obviously, we had no idea about this. This is just something that keeps coming up, and they keep checking him, and they keep checking him, and apparently they just keep pushing it back and pushing it back. Well, early December is this coming weekend, so that's true. But he's not going to play in San Antonio. They didn't take him on the trip. And it just didn't seem like he was going to be available much sooner. But they did say there's light at the end of the tunnel for Seth. They've been saying that. When Seth comes back, though, I guess let's have that conversation when we have a a date. (laughs) So let's not have that that conversation now. Seth will have so much riding when he comes back. On like four months. Yeah. I mean, just think about his... He's a free agent this coming summer, and how big it's going to be for him. You know, what if he comes back and like, man, they turn into a, they look like a playoff team. You know, like I mean, his price will skyrocket. Uh, but what if he comes back and he just kind of mediocre and they stay as a five and fifteen team? Yeah, like he'll he'll have December basically whatever left of December he has to warm back up into the season. Then he'll have January, February, March, and it's some of April. That's that's three and a half months basically of good basketball that he can play. That is yeah. uh, for some that's enough for Joel Embiid. That was a almost All Star season, <laughs> you know. For for others, uh, you know, we're not sure. So that's what we have to look forward to for him. Dorian Finney also got a small. I was gonna say also got a small taste of the Curry fandom. Whenever I tweeted out, when I was in Brazil, he had, he had posted a thing of some new gear on his website. Oh, yeah. So, so I tweet out a picture of his new gear and, and the website and stuff. So Seth retweets it, and I start getting all these, like, random Curry accounts. There's so many, like, these Curry fan accounts really? out there. It's like, oh, Team Curry, fan page, Curry fan page. <laughs> and then, like, there's stuff, like, on Seth and then, I mean, Steph. And I'm just like, man, the, it just gave me a small taste of, how big the fandom is for the Curry family. When the first time I went to summer league, which was not this past summer, but the summer before I thought it was Steph that was walking. Cause there's this massive mob. And I was like, that has to be Steph. That has to be Steph walking through the, the gym right now, because there's just this massive mob of kids around him right now, trying to get autographs. But then as I got closer, as I walked closer to it, I realized it was Seth. And I said, what the heck? <laughs> like Seth Curry has this huge mob around him. And this was before last season. This was before his, you know, breakout season. This was when he had just gotten signed by the Mavericks. He was, you know, coming off that season where he played what did what did he play last year? Forty games for the Kings. Yeah. And they were they were good they were good minutes, you know, it was really good time for him, but you just didn't expect 
you know, people, kids to know, like, that he was really, really good or that he was going to be good. And there they were, crowded around him. The Curry name. The Curry name. Other things we need to get to, Dorian Finney-Smith will also not travel to San Antonio to play in the game tonight. However, Tonius Parker will play in the game. Tony! Welcome back, first, Tony. His first game back. He didn't end up playing for the, the G League Austin Toros. I really wanted to see that happen, but he did practice with them a couple times. Tony gets a uh, welcome back uh, with Dennis Smith Jr. So that'd what be fun. up? Um, I don't know if they're going to start Tony. You think they're going to start Tony? No, probably not. Oh, no, they might. I, I remember back last year, I was doing that piece about Dirk where I talked to a bunch of players from other teams last year. And when the Spurs were in town, I was really wanting to talk to Tony Parker. And so I went to shoot around. And it was sometime it was sometime in the like second half of the season. He was like, I have nothing to say. Well, I asked the PR guy. I didn't see like Tony wasn't on the court. He was like sitting on the bench. And I was like, Hey, uh, you mind if I talk to Tony for a couple questions? Ninety percent of the time, they're like, Oh yeah, just go talk to him. The PR guy goes, uh, No, no, bro. Tony doesn't talk to people this time of the year. What? This time of the year. This time of the year. What the freak? What are you talking about? Like, I want to be. I mean, I just said, okay, like, no big deal. I'm like, when does Tony? Like, it's like Christmas season. No, I don't talk to people, you know. <laughs> I got to like, gear up. Got to gear up for Christmas time. You have times of the year you don't talk to the media. Okay. That's cool. We have zero times of the year that we will not talk to the media because we are the media. The Mavericks' upcoming schedule Spurs tonight against Brooklyn with no D'Angelo Russell. The next game, then against the Clippers, who suck, then against the Nuggets without Millsap, who's going to be out for about three months. So this next stretch, and the Spurs don't have Kawhi Leonard. So this is four winnable games for the Mavericks. Isaac Harris, if the Mavericks come out of this stretch and they have, they are nine and fifteen, is the tank over? I mean, for me, you're asking the wrong person because I don't want us to tank. So, um, yeah, the tank's, tank's over for sure then. Because, I mean, then you're looking at getting Seth back and rolling full steam ahead then. Uh, I think a lot of the fan base will be beyond upset about it. But too bad. Get over it. Get over it. Michael Porter Jr. might fall because of his injury. So Hey, I, I want to ask you about it. I know he hasn't logged a ton of minutes, but uh, I was super excited about his signing, the Antonio's Cleveland signing. Yeah, I watched him in the most recent uh, Legends game, and that guy, that guy is good. That guy has you know really long wingspan that you can you can see. He has you know a shot that is good that I think will, will fall. I think that was a really good signing by them. I hate that it was at the expense of Jiverson. But no, I'm not. Just, I'm not hating I'm, it. I'm, I'm rationally over it now, and uh, I think it was really good for him. I think he'll be a good NBA player. I think he's definitely what they needed. Yeah, I'm excited about it. He's a wing. I'm excited about having a wing on the team, at least somewhat of a wing, six six. Um, I still wish they could have, uh, we could still get some type of wing player on the roster. Uh, but his name is Dorian Finney-Smith, and he is injured. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad we have Jeff Withy on the team. His contract is still non guaranteed. We will continue to say that until I feel bad for Jeff Withy at this point. Like he is a serviceable backup center that should be oh, yeah. like 15 minutes a night. And shout out to Salah too, man. I see Salah still balling out. Oh yeah, Salah's block percentage is like twelve percent. <laughs> that means twelve percent of shots that are coming at Salah, he's swatting. Also, in the Thunder game that you, you weren't able to watch yet, Salah 
<laughs> Stephen Adams tried to dunk on Salah, and Salah threw his hand up there, you know, to try to block it like he always does. And Stephen Adams got blocked by the rim, and Salah did the Matumbo no 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 finger wag. I don't <laughs> think you can do the finger wag unless you touch the ball. Unless True or false? You block it. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do the wag unless you actually block it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta actually do it. So we will end with this, Isaac. I posted a poll on Twitter, and I wanted to get your your uh, thoughts on it. If you are older than the player, you cannot wear his or her jersey anymore. True or false? You're older um, than unless the you're related to said player. False. Wow. I only say this because I'm thinking of somebody like in older, like I'm thinking of like an an older man. Like let's say my dad and I have season tickets, and like, okay, for instance, if my dad wears a Dirk jersey, that's fine. Is your dad older than Dirk? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to ask. I don't know. <laughs> like if my dad wears a Dirk jersey, that's completely fine. Your dad doesn't seem older than Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> So, like, yeah, I think – now, I think it gets kind of weird if, like, I'm rocking a Dennis Smith jersey and I'm walking around. That's that, that's kind of odd. But I think, yeah, I mean, especially if, you, you know, if, you, if my dad and I go to a game and he wants to wear a Dirk jersey or a whatever, like, I think that's fine. All right. You are in agreement with 82% of people that voted in that poll. It's like 100-something people and 82% said that that is false. But I'm, I'm, I think that if you're older than a player, I don't think you should wear the jersey anymore. Ooh. I think you keep, I think you put it in the closet. I think you keep. I think it. I think it. I think it's more. Uh, I think it's better for, you know, older people in that situation. Because I mean, if you're an older person and you go to a game, you're pretty much telling them you can't wear a jersey. Yeah, that's what I'm telling them. I'm telling them that you can wear the team, the team apparel. You can wear like the. This is the, the generic Mavericks, you know, shirts. But the jerseys, I don't know. But it's church. only to games, though. Like, if we're rolling up to the mall or going out to eat at night and, you know, they're wearing a jersey. No, that's just kind of – because jerseys are just kind of out now, at least. And you, you tweeted out something, something about uh, jerseys in your closet. I literally don't have enough characters to tweet out <laughs> all the jerseys I have. What's in your closet? Now, they all can't fit because they're from, like, middle school days. But I have so many crazy jerseys. We'll get, the, we'll get that from you another time. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. Again, check out Mavs Moneyball. i got a piece going up now. Isaac, what pieces do you have going up on the Smoking Cuban? I just uh, put one out today about draft prospects 6 through 10 uh, for the Mavericks uh, fans to uh, keep an eye on. If we don't land a top five pick, it's fine. I listed four prospects it's that fine. you could be watching. That you could be uh could be watching in college basketball. Did two basketball. of them play on Sunday night in Jackson and Jaron Jackson? I'm all about him. I have I like him more than Miles Bridges and then Kevin Knox and Robert Williams. Ooh, Robert Williams, man, he's been tearing it up. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Mavericks. Subscribe, and we will be back tomorrow. Peace out. Boom.